You are listening to Winning Women, a podcast brought to you by City Press to celebrate the women who define their sectors and pave the way for others to follow. In this edition of Winning Women, City Press journalist Palesa Dlamini speaks to Zandiliam Kwanazi, the co-founder and CEO of Girl Code. After witnessing the vast inequality experienced by many women and young girls trying to get into the tech space, Mkwanazi developed an information and communications technology organization to help girls break the glass ceiling. How did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Just, just to give our listeners sort of a, a background into Umam Zandi. Thank you. I should you say Umam Zandi. I feel old. I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm still, I just turned 30 this year. So you can just keep it at Zandula. <laughs> yeah, making me feel old. But um, no, no, thank you. I, I think for me, um, and this is part of like my personality of being adaptable, I actually grew up in different places. So, you know, initially I was born and raised in Tembisa. Um, that's where I lived for most of my like primary school years. And then moved to Atridgeville. So, you know, at some point, Nebua Spitori, and people are like, what's, what, is, what is going on? Um, hey, actually, may I disturb you there? What is, what is this Pitori? Give me one line. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you know, there's, there's always these quirky words that only come from like people that live in Pretoria. But now it's been such a long time uh, since then that even my language and how I speak has evolved depending on where I'm living. Um, it's kind of crazy. That's was like from Tembisa to Attridgeville, from Attridgeville back to Tembisa for like the end of my primary years and then to Midrand for my high school years. Um, so I've moved around quite a bit uh, in my childhood. And that, that I think for me just made me someone that got used to change. And that actually correlates to being in the technology space. Like you have to be adaptable and be able to change because it changes that fast. Would you say that you were simply gifted with this, you know, ability to be technologically advanced? You know, in some ways, yes, I'm gifted um, in the way that I'm able to think about problems. Um, you know, so that's, that's talent. Like in any industry, you find people that are naturally talented at it. Um, and then you find people that are not. But also it doesn't necessarily mean that if you're not talented at something, you can't eventually do well at it. Um, so practice, you know, helps. Yes, sometimes you practice all you want, but you just naturally more of an artistic person as opposed to you know a logical mathematics mathematics person and that's fine i think what we're saying is that not everybody has to end up like being a software developer being a technology this and that but everybody needs to understand and know how to use technology right so similarly to you you've lived experiences you've seen things you know in your daily life where you thought you know if we had an app that could do this it would be so much easier and, and so much better. You might not know how to build an app yourself, but you might know people that can do it. So, so for me, I would say, I don't, I'm not saying everyone or every single girl child must now become like, you know, love technology and be in it. But what we are saying is that we are now in the fourth industrial revolution. And what that means is that 
in the next coming years, every single industry is going to be a technology industry. So you need to understand technology the same way that all of us have had to learn how to read and write. We all now have to learn um, about technology. We have to learn about coding and robotics because it doesn't matter if you're going to be a nurse or a police, you're going to encounter technology. So you should have that at the very least basic understanding of it. Um, so that's what we advocate for. And for those that are really good and excel great, we'll have more of them in the industry. So, I mean, just like how you showed up for these young girls that you've taken under your wing, can you tell us a bit more about that? So, you know, as an organization, like where we are now, we have like hundreds and thousands of girls in our program, but but it had to start somewhere. Initially, when, when I realized that I'm in a space where um, the only or very hand few of black women, I decided that I have to do something about it, right? I could have just said, oh, you know what? It is what it is. This is how it is. I'm not going to do anything. It's fine. Like I could have been okay with being the only woman in the room or the only black woman, but I wasn't. And, and after saying I'm not okay, I had to then say, what am I going to do about it? It has to start with you. And so, you know, when we started, or when I started Goal Code, that was me saying, I see the problem, I'm going to try and fix it, and I'm going to open up doors for young girls to be able to get opportunities. And that was the first um, Goal Code hackathon that we had where I, you know, had to go to my boss and ask for budget, ask for venue. You know, a lot of people, when they see something, they actually don't take a minute to sort of think about what is the work that is happening behind the scenes? How did this thing come to be? Um, so that was me showing up, not only for myself, but for other young women that look like me, making sure that, you know, I, I had a full-time job when I started Go Code. I had a full-time job. So it means in the evenings, I had to work on Girl Code. I had to call people on the weekend and try and get sponsorships and try and get opportunities. I always tell our beneficiaries and all the girls that are in our programs, like, I can go out there and I can ask people to give us these opportunities. But at the end of the day, you have to seize the opportunity. You have to take it for yourself. And if you can't do that bare minimum, honestly, there's nothing that anyone can do for you. So you have to meet us halfway. Girls like me. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's no secret in any society, like, Black girls are the most marginalized. That, that is a fact. Um, we are at, literally, when you look at the pyramid of privilege, we are at the very bottom. Um, because for the longest time, you know, we've just been seen as sort of tools. You know, you are either someone that's going to get married and just look after your husband. Basically, you know, weren't seen as people that can contribute to society. And that's what I mean by girls like myself, because it's such a like prejudiced thing that even today, there's still communities where young black girls are not expected to amount to anything, or they're thinking that they're not smart enough to do anything. So I want them to look at someone like myself and say, you know, she looks like me, she might not, her story might not be exactly the same as me, but if she can do it, what's stopping me? What would you like to see happen or be developed in this tech space, maybe in the next two, three, five years? For me, more than seeing developed, I just want to 
see um, more women in it. So I want to I want to be able to walk into a tech a tech company and and see as many men as I see women. When I entered the industry, you know, I said earlier that I I actually didn't think about race or gender. It was an industry that I just wanted to be in because I loved what I was doing, right? But you, you quickly notice when you when you get into rooms, when you attend events, tech, tech events, and, and you see when you look around that why why is there no one that looks like me? Why aren't there women in the space? And and that that nagging feeling, you know, just started. And well, there's there's a particular sort of event that I attended, um, a hackathon where it was all guys, right? I think in the whole like room there was like three women including myself and the team that I joined. I remember they they were saying to me that, um, no, it's fine. Like, we'll do the technical stuff. You just present. You'll go on stage the next day, like wear your makeup and stuff and present. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's like, is this what we reduced to as women? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, clearly in their heads, like, no, she's not smart. She can't contribute. Yeah, she must go stand there, look pretty and, and tell the judges what we worked on. So I was just like, no really like we've been reduced to how we look and it still happens you know almost in every industry where like women you just have to look pretty firstly and secondly the other thing was um other guys coming to us for my number so can you imagine you at a sort of work event or like you know a setting where you're coming to contribute your skills and you have people shallowing you and you have to, the, the event's a hackathon, right? So it means you have to stay there throughout the night. So it starts the one day and ends the next day. So overnight, now I'm in the space with these guys. Some of them are busy asking for my number, telling me I'm pretty and all of that. And I have to be comfortable to sit there the whole night. You know, so I was like, Mm-mm, I'm never again. At that point, that's actually, I was like, nope, never want to put myself in that situation again. Um, and that kind of prompted me to say, let's have all women in a room, you know, where we can feel safe and comfortable. And if we stay overnight, you know, working on our solutions, we don't have to worry about some guy, maybe you want to go to the toilet and some guy's following you and try something. And that's the unfortunate thing about our society and our industry in general, that, you know, women always have to be on guard because at any given time, anything could happen to you. So, so those were like the trigger, the trigger points that made me think, let's, let me create something just for women. Let us have our own safe space where we can build the technology that we want to build and we can contribute to the industry and to society without, you know, having men belittling us or reducing us to our looks. You know, all the things that you are mentioning are sort of some of the things that women in general are going through in society as we speak. If I'm at a place, you know, wearing a certain thing, I'm looked at in a certain way. Do you think that women, women's intelligence and how smart we are, like it's not recognized? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I 100% think that. Um, but I also think things are changing, hey? I think... Like we see more and more women occupying space, like our Miss Universe um, 
said, like we're seeing mobile men, especially in the technology space. We're seeing right now, you know, a black woman is in charge of Facebook Africa. A black woman is in charge of Nespas. These are like big technology companies. Mm. So things are changing. Like they might not be changing fast enough, but they're definitely changing because I think we are the generation that's saying enough is enough. There's never been a better time for women uh, to take ownership of whatever it is that you want to achieve in life. Like nobody is coming to save us. We have to save ourselves. As a woman, you shouldn't be comfortable being the only woman. You know, it's great to be the first to break that glass ceiling. But once you've done that, you know, be relentless in making sure that you bring other women into the fold. You know, so I don't want to be someone who gets to the top and then sits there comfortably as the only one. I want to get to the top and I want to send the elevator down. I want to go back down the stairs and fetch, you know, other girls and take them up the stairs with me. So I definitely think, you know, it doesn't, it shouldn't end with you once you've made it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Winning Women. Let us know your thoughts on our social media or visit citypress.co.za for news and analysis.